You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What up, though, everybody? This is Kyle. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but you are here, and this is Knockouts and Three Counts. And if you've been paying attention to our social media, we've got quite the busy fucking week. But so does our guest tonight, Mr. Isaiah Bronner. How you doing, brother man? Good, man. Can't complain at all, man. Just trying to stay busy. How you holding up? Hey, man, I'm trying not to freeze out here, but luckily for the two of us, we're headed to Texas this Friday to go handle some business. So before we get to the business at hand, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on all the social medias and all that good shit. Catch me on Instagram, Isaiah Browner, 313. Twitter, Isaiah Browner. Facebook, Isaiah Browner. YouTube, same old same. Also check out Death Threat Army. Uh, Past guests of the we show. We like the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, we like the Wu-Tang Clan. There's too many to name, but Death Threat Army, same same tag on everything. Hey, I love it. Corey, how the fuck you doing this week, man? I'm doing good this week, honestly. I uh, was watching uh, my boys in the Pistons hopefully get this dub over the Nets, but we'll see. They they seem to be choking as of late. So, other hey, everybody that, was just bragging about all the good moves they made with the Pistons. Well, so we can get started. Throw out your social media. Let everybody know where the fuck they can find you and all that good shit. As always, only thing I use, Twitter, a fight fan from the 313. Let's get to it. All right. Well, as we mentioned, man, it's been a little minute since we've had you on. Me and Corey got to link up with you for a little bit at XICW, but I mean, dude, you've been uh, making quite the rounds for it being pandemic and being, uh, you know, scarcer opportunity. That sure hasn't seemed to uh, get in your way at all. So tell me a little bit about that, dude. You've been quite busy. So tell me a little bit about 2020 for the Seven Mile Destroyer. Um, Started off kind of kind of crappy because uh of course the pandemic but being on quarantine i was able to uh kill a lot of injuries like a lot of people don't know like i was wrestling like half in 2019 with a torn bicep um i had a torn rotator cut like if you look at like the early matches in 2019 you'll see like my right arm like with a bunch of uh what is a kinetic tape yeah yeah i had like a lot of that like like the whole roll on my arm each match or whatever. So I was able to heal up. And um just sitting here thinking like, no, honestly, I got I got frustrated uh just being in Michigan since like twenty nineteen. Um I didn't like the direction I was headed. I didn't like the direction the state was headed. So I had to make some moves, man. Just mix state Wayne and shit and get out here. Hey, I totally respect that because we're in the exact same boat, man. I mean, uh, for us, it was kind of getting that call for StarCast and then being like, hey, dude, you know, do you guys want to come out here? And it's like, well, uh, don't know if I'm necessarily ready for that, but we ain't going to find out if I'm ready if I don't go do the shit. So we've been in the same boat. So tell me a little bit about that. So you mentioned how, you know, you're starting to make your journey outside of Michigan, you know, you've been locking it up for places like Paradigm Pro Wrestling. We saw you on Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, we've seen, and now we're going to see you this Friday in quite a big show that's going to be live on Fight TV on pay per view. Corey, you're going to be watching on pay per view. I take it. Oh, we're going to yeah. be doing our thing down there in Texas. He's going to be taking on MLW star Gino Medina. So tell me about that. When you started to make your way outside of Michigan, you know, obviously you've said what prompted it, but 
was there any hesitancy for you or did you have a lot of offers already come in your way for you to expand out to other states? Um, there was no hesitance. Like I was ready. I was beyond, like I said, I was beyond frustrated um, going into going into 2020 last year. And with the pandemic happening, it allowed me time to access, um, access the, uh, the field, not just Michigan, but everywhere. I was supposed to start at Ohio Valley right when the pandemic started last year. So um, going there, um, learning a, a lot more going there, and it changed my point of view on a lot. So um, like, uh, after, I want to say, yeah, after Paradigm, man, I've been getting a lot of offers coming from various states. And with this, this one Friday, like I'm really looking forward to to show everybody, you know, I deserve to be, in these, in these type of uh, situations. Like, I, I bust my ass for this. See, and and I totally respect that, man, because they're giving you quite the test off the grip here. You're going to be facing MLW star Gino Medina, fresh off of his run with the Dynasty with MJF and Richard Holiday and all those guys. So what does it mean to you for them to not only be bringing you out to a big show like this, but for you to be facing such a high-caliber ca- opponent? Because that means that they think a lot of you as well. Yeah, it means they expect a lot. They got confidence in me, and um, I got confidence in myself. Like that, that's anybody that's been like following me for, like the last six months, seen like a, a change in my. I would say change in my attitude, a change in my. Like I was asking a lot, a, a lot of the time I was asking for opportunities and stuff. Now I'm just gonna take it. It's not that the opportunity presented itself. I have to, you know, show that I deserve to be here. I deserve, I deserve this spot. I should have been here a long time ago, but I got it now. So, uh, one one question I got for you is: you kind of mentioned when you made your first initial move down to Ohio, it kind of opened your eyes a little bit. Can you just elaborate a little more on what do you mean by opening your eyes? Was it just the fact that you did get out, maybe travel a little bit more, and see that hey, the grass is greener when I get the hell out of Michigan, or is it, you know, elaborate? Yeah. I got complacent um, being here, um, yep. doing the same shows, working with the same people. You become complacent and you, you let people tell you how good you are and you stop learning, essentially. And um, you can't do that. So when I got to Ohio Valley, it was a different style, learning how to work TV, learning different stuff, having to slow myself down and having to adjust and continue to learn. So I opened up my eyes, like, okay, well, shit, I need to keep keep at this or whatever, and I have to look at it from a different perspective than how I've been looking at it. Like, I, I just, I feel like I got I got lazy here. I was like, oh, I can go here, and I can do this, and I, I'll get over and stuff like that. And to get to the next level, I can't have that mentality. Like, I have to treat every show like I have to earn my spot. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing you got to do in life. I mean, I've, I've experienced it myself staying at jobs for too long or, you know, not, not being able to save up to get the car, whatever the case be. I mean, you got to just, you know, once you get out there and actually do it and figure it out, it ain't that damn hard. And and you're a clear example of it. You're out there doing good work. I appreciate it, man. Just, just want to stay at it. Keep grinding, man. And just keep climbing. Like there's more, there's more coming. Like everybody's gonna see. Like there's more coming. Like I'm just not gonna speak on it right now, but I got a lot coming before the year's over.
Well, we're talking about things that you got coming, you know, something that I think that we could be seeing in the near future. And for you, that is from what I've been seeing from your social media, you guys could be making a run at the OVW tag team titles. You know, I know I heard that you brought up Ohio Valley wrestling. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, as you mentioned in the beginning of the show, you know, you are a member of the death threat army, but you're rocking with a different partner right now. So first of all, what is that like for you? And second of all, what are your thoughts on taking a crack at them OVW tag straps? Um, it's different because I've grown accustomed to uh, tagging with DTA, uh, specifically Jack uh, and Adam Wick. Like out of out of the whole group, like I've got the most chemistry and uh, tag matches with those two, but been a learning experience just learning a different style and trying to mesh together with somebody that i haven't worked with or uh been in a ring with so it's been cool it's been a good learning experience um yeah we just had a, a title match saturday we came up a little short but uh, i guess the Tate win so um hopefully down the line you know we get another crack at it but uh it was a hell of an experience um just came up a little short saturday all right, so another question I got for you. If anybody was paying attention to the promo for this post, and if you guys are watching this live, make sure you hit that like button, love button, whatever one of them buttons you want to hit, and let us know any questions you got for Mr. Broner. But a question I got is tell me about this new finishing move you got. Now you got a name for it. You know, the Motor City Destroyer, I threw you in a couple names in there too. So tell me what was the inspiration for this move, and fuck, the thing is gnarly, dude. Gino Medina, if you're watching this shit, bro, stay out the way, homie. <laughs> uh, just like I said, just trying to improve and just trying to do things nobody's doing before. Like I uh, was having to see a, was a PWG show from 2003. And I, I can't even remember who did it. And I saw it. I was like, oh, shit, ain't nobody. I haven't seen nobody do it before. So, um, like Saturday was the first time I did it in a match. I've been training, uh, started training at AIW in Cleveland. So, you know, I tried it down there. I got a good response. Um, so tried it. I went for it Saturday and it, it got way, way more attention than I thought it was going to get. So, well, I, go ahead, Corey. I was going to say on a big move like that, that's something that you do plan on adding as like your, you know, final big hurrah, essentially. How how long do you practice? How long do you practice that move? Like how long does that before it even becomes something that you seriously think about incorporating in that, in that way, I guess you could say. Honestly, I only did it once. Ooh. Like I saw, I saw it once and I got down to, um, I got down to the training, and I was like, well, can I try this on you? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, my girl trains down there. So I was like, all right, let me try it on you. She took it, and the trainer said it looked good, and that that was it. I usually, if I see something, or if I see something once, or if I, you know, if I can do it, usually I don't practice it, depending on what it is, but did it once, felt good, so. Well, I know you're a big boy, so is it ever hard to get people? You say your girl's in there with you, so I imagine that makes it quite a bit easier. But is it like, is it ever hard to find people to just, hey, can I try this on you? Nah, <laughs> um, like usually bigger people, like uh, I'm pretty sure y'all guys seem like F5 people way bigger than me. 
they, they usually at some way they be like, Oh, I don't know if you can get me up. And then I get them up or whatever. And it's, it's not, I, I usually don't have any issues with that so far, but. Cause I, I mean, I that's can... what, that's what you always hear is the mark of a good finish, man, is being able to do it on everybody. Like that's yeah, the number yeah, one, yeah. you, the number one thing you hear. Cause that's the yeah. problem. If you make a finisher that you can't hit on everybody, well then it can't be a finish no more. Cause right. you can't, you know, you can't use it on everybody. Uh, that's another good thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about. Um, I know that with all of these new opportunities, um, you know, you've been ramping up a lot of things. Like I know I've been seeing on your social media, you've really been kicking shit into gear. Corey, we're going to the gym tomorrow, right? Get it. Let's, let's see if your ass shows up. Let's root canal but, speaking better. We'll see. Hey, let's see if he shows up. You already know I'm with the shits. But who else is with the shits and been doing his thing in the gym? is Mr. Broner. So tell me about how, how important, you know, your daily workout is for you. And like, what does that consist of? Are you more of like a bodybuilding type workout guy? Are you a guy who, you know, likes to do more athletic stuff for the explosiveness, a mixture of the both. And are you somebody that always likes to be on your own when you're working out? More of a, it's more of a bodybuilder. Yeah. It's more of a bodybuilder workout. Um, um, I have actually been prepping for uh, – it's been kind of interesting trying to balance and prepping for a bodybuilding show. I usually work out by myself. I kind of prefer it. Like, I kind of lock in and um, be like my own little zone or whatever. So, I don't I'm really – I'm sorry? Oh, no. I, I, the delay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. But yeah, like the, like the athleticism and stuff. I play football and uh, – and I box growing up, so like a lot of the athleticism and agility just like kind of comes naturally. I haven't really, I don't really do anything in that area so far. So, so this is not the first time we've had you on the show. How the hell did I not know that you boxed? First of all, where did you box at? How long have you boxed for? And did you ever fight? Uh, I boxed at Motors, uh, it was a Motor City and Warren. Um, let's say like 2013 and I was going to box cruiserweight. As soon as I, like I turned pro and I was supposed to fight one of Mayweather's, uh, Mayweather's fighter in Seattle in 2014. And then this was before I started wrestling. And, and Star Wars breaking up oh oh you're freezing up technical difficulties ladies and gents we will get mr broner straightened out here give us one second so yeah that ain't happening all right, we broke up with you for a little bit. Your screen froze up on me a little bit. Yeah. All right, now it looks like we're back. I heard bits and pieces, but you sounded like you were in the time warp. I'm trying to talk to you guys and my shit, bro. <laughs> so what were you saying with that? So you were telling us that you were supposed to fight one of Mayweather's guys. Yeah, but basically, uh, I, 
I turned. Yeah. I, uh, well, breaking up again. And then I started working around 195. Shit. Oh, we might now? be that good. Try. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm um, supposed to buy screws away and um, start working and wasn't able, uh, haven't been able to get back into it and start uh, wrestling ever since then. So what was it that made you make the decision between wrestling and fighting? Because, I mean, dude, if you're at the level to be where you're taking on one of Floyd's boys, I mean, clearly they're not bringing you in as a bum to fight. So what made you, well, you know, what made the decision for you to choose between, you know, pro fighting and pro wrestling? Um, like I say, I played football too. And, um, like Billy, Billy Gunn got a hold of my, one of my workout videos and he inboxed me and told me, Hey, maybe you should try wrestling. And, um, that's when he was a coach at the performance center. And, uh, he okay. was going to give me a, tr- he was going to give me a tryout. And he wound up getting fired. But, um, after that, he like really suggested, like I started training, uh, wrestling. So he slid my information to Gerald Briscoe and um, went to House of Truth, did the training there. And literally after my first match, I got an email telling me I had a tryout at the performance center. That's that's insane. So I'm intrigued. Let's dive into that a little bit. So you had your first match. You're getting your tryout with WWE. Now, I knew you had a tryout. Wasn't aware that it was after your first match. So for you, you know, getting, you know, having somebody like Billy Gunn reach out to you, I mean, what is that like for you? Is it one of those things like, oh, shit, is it really Billy Gunn hitting me up or what? Because I've gotten to meet Billy a few times, and Billy is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But that's got to be pretty surreal to having somebody being cool to you and somebody hitting you up and saying, hey, uh, you need to do your thing over here because I want to get you a tryout. That's two different kinds of messages. Yeah, uh Give me one. Hold on. Yeah, like um, it was crazy, man. Like I grew up, I grew up wanting to wrestle, and he was actually like one of my favorite wrestlers, you know, as a teenager. So for him to message me and shit, I'm like, oh shit. Well, all right. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't think, I didn't think it was gonna go anywhere. Um, especially when he got when he got uh, let go, I didn't think it was gonna go amount to anything, but um. It was a hell of experience. Like, um, we went down there. Um, I want to say overwhelming, kind of. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he was down there. No, Sean Michaels, Scotty Tuhati, uh, Matt Bloom, Albert, uh, yep. Norman Smiley, William Regal. Like, it was a hell of experience, man. And it's, um, it, it, I use it to motivate, I still use it to motivate me or whatever. Because I know where I want to go. Well, that that kind of leads into one of the questions I had off of that is, uh, do you was it almost too early for you? I mean, I know it was a huge learning experience, and like you said, you 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 know you get to see where you want to go to. But do you wish you were maybe a, a little more experienced, other than just one match, when you got the chance to actually go in front of the big dogs, or are you glad that you got your foot in the door either way? Um, I'm kind of glad that it did happen because I get to see how much I need to work on and improve on to actually get there. Um, I was I walked in there like, oh, I'm an athlete, play football. This this, this ain't gonna be nothing. And I got there and 
I was like, all right, well, I need to get on my shit and get better in different areas before I can even. I was like, even doing a pro, even doing a promo, like they had everybody do like a, a minute promo. I didn't know what the fuck to say. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, all right, well, but it's just like one of the areas that I needed to improve on. So I, I needed the experience. So I, I know what I need to do now. Well, it's a good thing you didn't bust out into doing the worm like Otis did. I mean, it worked out for him, but I mean, a big fat guy doing the worm and a big fucking jacked up dude like you doing the worm, I feel like it would have like two different effects. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I said I, I wasn't doing that shit. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about since we're talking about shit that we wouldn't do. You know, there was some news that came out the other day that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. So it was reported in the news and on the old Twitter machine that Bow Wow wants to try to wrestle. What in the hell do you think about Bow Wow trying to wrestle? And here's the other question. Who the fuck wants to see that now? Like maybe after like Mike or something, but what has he done lately? I want to know what you think. Answer the second the second question first. Nobody wants to see it. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody like attention is a hell of a drug. So I, I uh was a bad bunny and Snoop Dogg. You see them like getting attention from it. So he like, why not me? But nobody cares about Bow Wow, so it's I think he thought he'd get over like Bad Bunny is what I think. Yeah. I think he saw Bad Bunny come on there and jump off the top rope and then, then bring him back the next night. And he's like, oh, shit, let me make let me make a run real quick. It's like, man, I, at this point, I, I don't know. Corey, what do you think about Bow Wow trying to wrestle? I think it, I think you guys hit it on the head. I mean, it's kind of it's attention seeking at its at its finest. I mean. Like like you said, he's seen what the, they did with their performance and stuff and was hoping to maybe get his own shine. Now, that being said, I've seen his name on my Twitter for the first time in ever. So <laughs> it worked it, it worked to some degree, you know, so. Well, I think that goes back. To, I still, So for me, here's my thing, right? Like, I think that outside eyes, whether it's like what we saw with the um, – like what we saw with the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight or what they're talking with this Ben Askren versus Jake Paul thing, or, you know, like Floyd Mayweather, we mentioned him, him coming to WWE or anything like that. I think stuff like that is a good thing in a way because it brings eyes to wrestling, but in order for stuff like that to work, it's gotta be somebody that people give a shit about. Yep. I feel like in order for it to have any type of levity, any type of, uh, you know, impact, it's gotta be people that people give a shit about. Like Bow Wow hasn't been on TV in how long? I feel like if you brought him on TV right now, you want to know what I think would happen. Those same people that were shitting on him on Twitter are going to be even more vocal because you put him on TV. So it, it, it's, okay. like, it's not, it's not going to end well for him. And it's, uh, it's an attention thing, man. Like when I saw his name, like I'll be honest, when I saw his name, like I don't say trending, I was like either he got arrested or is he dead? Like I didn't know what the fuck was going. On. <laughs> Facts though. <laughs> so I'm like, man, 
All right, so here's here's another one for you. So I'm going to bring back a segment that we haven't brought up in quite a while. I'm going to bring back the fan etiquette segment. We haven't talked about that in quite a while. But I've been paying attention to what you've been doing at these other promotions and things. You've made some upgrades to the uh, war gear and things like that. So how many times on an indie show, especially when they find out you're from Detroit, do you get people getting pissed off and throwing the 50-cent insults? With with the vest and everything, surprisingly, hasn't happened. Really? I was sure you was gonna tell me you had some kind of story for that shit because I don't know why I thought about it. So I shared uh, one of the pictures earlier, and like you always get dumbass comments from people that aren't like you know aren't wrestling fans. They'll be like, they'll see something I post, and they'll be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Or you know, like, "What the fuck is this guy trying to do?" Because they don't know shit about wrestling. So. It was just a thought because I've been seeing you've been adding, you know, more to, you know, more to the repertoire, not only with your, uh, with your work, you know, I've seen that you've been adding some stuff to the vest and stuff like that. Just thought it would be uh, a random one in there for you. Um, no, that's where I, honestly, that's, that's where I got the idea from. I, I didn't, I didn't want to come out in a t-shirt. I didn't want to come out in a jacket and I was just, I was riding to the gym one day, and 50 Cent was on. I was like, I should wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> this mo- this motherfucker looked hard in his bulletproof big, vest. Big yeah, I was like, why not? Hey, I've been collecting them, so. <laughs> At least I'm not an asshole for saying that, because now that I know that you did get it from Get Rich or Die Trying, I don't feel so bad about asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. I did. I don't doubt it. All right, so let's get in. Let's get in a little bit to uh, Pele Pro. Have you ever gotten to wrestle in Texas before? Or is this your first trip out to the Lone Star State? This is my actually my second trip. I was there last week for um, a seminar. Um, I'm cool with Hammerstone. Yeah, from MLW. So he had a seminar. So I went down there, did the seminar. Um, Got some good feedback from uh, him, Shane Taylor. Um, Shane Taylor's the homie, bro. Yeah, O'Shea. Um, yeah, so it was a good learning experience. They had the VIP wrestling out there in Dallas. Yep. So I was out there. Um, but actually wrestling, uh, this is my first show, so I'm really looking forward to it. So it was my first trip to Texas for the first show that Pele Pro Wrestling had. Devin and I were in the building, and Devin will be back for all of you guys that are watching. He will be with us in the vlog. So who the fuck knows what we're going to get into in Texas. Because last time we tried to learn how to do axe throwing. Maybe this time we'll see if we can fucking golf. Who the fuck knows? Make sure you hit the subscribe button and make sure you check it out. Um, Yeah, man, it was our first trip out to Texas for the first show. You know, they ran... uh, they're running in, in a brewery of all places uh, with the big tanks in the back. It was kind of a really cool, like, different look, right? Because if you look at it from, like, where you walk in, where you walk into the venue, you've got the big, you know, beer tankers, like, as soon as you walk in. And, you know, they've only upped the anity, anity, the ante for this show. Um Tell me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned that you're cool with Hammerstone. Well, you're going to be taking on another one of MLW's finest in Gino Medina. 
for those who have been watching MLW, you know that he used to be part of Dynasty with MJF and Richard Holiday, who's been doing his thing with the Caribbean Championship for IWA with Sabio Vega. So tell me a little bit about getting to face a guy like a Gino Medina. And what are your thoughts on that matchup? Um, I'm really looking forward. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it, man. He had a hell of a talent. Um, it's a contrast in styles. Um, he, man, like, he's like super talented. So when they told me I had the match against him, like I started studying. Um, I'm just I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this is like, this is huge for me. So I'm just going to go out there and do what I do. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that I, I haven't pulled out that I, I probably try to pull out Friday, just making the most of the opportunity. Um, like I say, he a hell of a, he a hell of an athlete. Um, just really looking forward to it. That's what I like to hear, man, because it's definitely it's definitely a big match for you on a big stage. It's going to be live on Fight TV, on pay-per-view. If you guys are here in the Michigan area or you're in Texas, make sure you check it wherever you're at. You can uh, you can see that wherever. You've also got on the cards, you've got Mike Bennett, fresh out of uh, WWE and back with Ring of Honor. Like you said, you've got, uh, you know, past guests of the show, Sam Adonis is going to be facing Psycho Clown from AAA. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a show, dude. I'm uh, – I'm really looking forward to this. Old Kyle's really uh, done, uh, pulled himself one out of the hat here. So here's the thing, right? So obviously we've been in a pandemic. This shit ain't the, this ain't the, let's, how do I put this? This ain't the circumstances that any of us want. So obviously you've been doing a lot of traveling. What the hell have you been doing to keep yourself sane, dude? (laughs) For me, um, and don't really, bullshit me because I'm gonna see you in a few days, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not really anybody that knows me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm relatively quiet until you get to know me. I'm not really a people person, so this has been perfect for me. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like this is like this is fantastic for me. I, I really don't give a shit. Like if I live, eat. I'm good, right? but yeah, I just been lifting, just getting my mind right, let my body heal, um, doing a lot of studying. Things start to open up, so I'm able to get a little bit more ring work in. Going down to um, AIW and going down to trade school in Toledo. Um, Another past guest of the show. Yeah, hitting up a lot of people, just trying to pick a lot of people's brains, trying to get better. Uh, going down to OVW. Um, Doug Basham has been like a, a big help um, down there. Damn, Basham's still down there. Yeah. Damn, yeah. dude. So, Corey, to give to give you a little bit of reminder or refresher, because I know you don't watch wrestling as much. Dude, Doug and Danny Basham, the Basham brothers, were part of JBL's cabinet back in like 04. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> dude has been around for a hot minute, dude. I mean, yeah. it's... uh. Yeah, so it's crazy to still hear the name Doug Basham is still down there, dude, because I remember watching them with that big Amazon chick. Uh, what was her name? Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Linda Miles. Yes, dude. Uh, she, she was off tough enough, man. Like, if you see this chick, fuck that. I don't hit women, but I ain't trying to scrap with her even if I did hit women, so fuck all that. <laughs> I'm just what, throwing it out there. Hey, what? One, 
Go ahead. One question I got real quick, because you kind of alluded to it, and it was something I wanted to bring up, too, because I could kind of get that from watching, like, just having interaction with you in the past and stuff like that. You are kind of a quieter person. Not in a bad way, by any means. I'm the same way. It takes me a minute to open up to people, so I'm not saying it in a bad way. But what I'm getting at with that is you alluded to it with your tryout earlier is the ability to cut promos in front of what in front of the mic and in front of a crowd and in front of people. And now, even with the way that the the COVID landscape has been, cutting promos in front of next to no one. How how have you been able to work on that skill and improve that throughout your throughout your career? Um, one of one of my uh, one of my mentors, uh, John, Johnny Bravo. You know, he's down at, with, with Impact. Uh, we did like a no fan show up in Bay City, Michigan, and uh, he just saw me just be myself. He's like, the, my personality is there. Like I can do a promo. It was just being comfortable doing it. And um, just being myself, like it. This pandemic has allowed me to work on things that I probably, it probably would have took me a little bit longer to get comfortable doing it. But just being myself, man, like it's it's not it's not that difficult now. Like now, like now I do them without without any hesitation. Like I love doing promos now. But at the performance center, I didn't know what the fuck to talk about. Like I. <laughs> it's like just do a promo for a minute just go up there and talk you got everybody looking at you and uh, one quick question on that were you for were you towards the front of the line of promos or were you towards the end of the line of promos did you have to listen to a bunch of people cut promos and then sit there and dwell on what you were going to say for 20 minutes it was like right in the middle and it okay. was it was like, like some really good passionate promos, and then it was like some weird. Like it was one guy like I can't even remember. He was a, like he's a worker, and he was like, "I hate babies." I'm like, "Well, you're not gonna get hired." <laughs> it's like, it's a company dog. Like what do you? Yeah, it's, it's, like I was like right in the middle, and I literally had one match, so I was I just winged it, man. Hey, I don't even remember what the fuck I said, man, but I just I just winged it. Did you get psyched out at all, or were you were you kind of content under the pressure? Do you remember? No, I was cool. I just I, I didn't. I was trying to gauge like what to what to speak on within a minute. What everybody else is gonna. I didn't want to say the same thing somebody else said. No. So when I got up there, I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I was asking if you were towards the end of the end of the line because it seems like that would be rough. You know, maybe you do plan out. This is my perfect speech. This is my home run right here. And then three people ahead of you, somebody says it. And then you're like, well, sh- do well, shit. Uh, damn. But that's one thing I have noticed, honestly, because I've stepped in on doing this podcast because I wasn't even a host prior to the pandemic. And that's one thing I've noticed myself is just be yourself. As long as you can interact well with the people and have a good conversation and stuff like that. It's not necessarily about going above and beyond and trying to make everybody happy. It's about showing people that you're that you're real, you know, and that's what people relate to. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like if you if you could have saw it, man. It was just it was like this. Like every fourth person it seemed like they would say the same thing, or they would take something somebody else say. Even like seeing people do promos now, or whatever. Like it's kind of the same thing, or whatever. So I just. 
like depending on what the situation is, I'll just go from there and I'll just speak how I how I actually feel about whatever I'm, whatever opponent it is or whatever I got coming up. Well, th- this is one thing me and Kyle actually kind of brought up the other day. Of course, wrestling's sports entertainment, maybe even more so entertainment than sports sometimes. Um, now, with, what do you think is the, like, is it 70-30? Is it 50-50? Is your performance more more valuable than your mic time? What do you think's the the show out, the standout thing? I think it should be like 50-50. Like, you should be able to have a good match. You should be able to go out there and work, but you should also be out, be able to connect with everybody and have some type of personality or some type of promo skills where you can go out there and communicate with people because half of it is not verbal communication inside the ring, like facial expression, how you respond in there. And the other half is verbal communication. Some people can go out there and have five-star matches. They can't talk in front of people. And that's like a disconnect. Like most of the people we may have grew up watching that caught our eye is able to go out there and talk to us. Like, I ain't going to say no names, but there's some big, there's a big star in the 80s. I think, I didn't think that much of him as a wrestler. There's a couple actually. I didn't think that much of him as a wrestler, but they were able to draw you in talking. I think okay. I already know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to get a job somewhere soon, so I ain't saying no names. Get wrong. <laughs> they're, they're, like you it's said, it's okay, they're, brother. They're, <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Wait a minute. Did I say that? Uh, <laughs> but that brings up that brings up a good point um, that I wanted to touch on. You know. Obviously, as you said, you know, you've been out to Texas before, but obviously it's a newer scene for you. So as you step out there to go face somebody like a Gino Medina, um, I guess my biggest question for you, I mean, I know the answer to this because I've known you for a while, but for those that are maybe new to Isaiah Broner or those who are going to be introduced to him, you know, this Friday on Fight TV on pay-per-view, what is the thing that makes you different from all these other guys that they keep bringing in? What's the difference that's making you get picked up by all these different people? And lastly, what is it that makes you different that makes you so dangerous to your opponent come this Friday? I look to make myself different than with any, anything else on the card. A lot of these shows... You're going to see the same thing from match one to match eight. I go out my way to be the complete opposite. Uh, I'm a bigger guy, but I'm a lot faster and more agile than smaller people. I just mesh well with any, I, I believe I can mesh well with anybody, um, depending on whoever it is, whether it's a Gino Medina or it's a Jackson Stone, like I can go anywhere between any type of style. Um, I'm a hybrid. So um, I just bring my own little dynamics to everything. I just I work differently. I just try to adjust to whatever the environment or the, uh, whatever the situation is. Well, what, what, what does Gino Medina got in store? Because last time I saw you work and everything I've been seeing you do over this pandemic, you don't get paid by the hour, bro. 
So to all these new fans that are going to be getting tuning in to see you do your work, what can we expect come this Friday? I'm trying to end it short. Like, that's <laughs> not in there trying to be in there 60 minutes or whatever. But, he, like I say, he's a hell of a talent. Obviously, he, he, he has a name for a reason. He has a contract for a reason. It's not going to be no walk in the park. But I'm just I'm ready to go in there and prove that I deserve that spot. I deserve to be in there with somebody like him. I'm going to make him work. I'm going to make him work for it. Hey, man, I can't wait to see it because I, for one, knew you were coming down to Texas when we were there for the last show. And when I saw that you were coming down there, I'm like, oh, shit. Now you're starting to bring some people that I know from down here. So obviously they start picking my brain. What are these Detroit cats all about? And so, like I said, man, it's cool to see guys like you, you know, starting to make your, you know, making your way down out and to these other spots, man. I think, uh, I think Texas has got another thing coming when we get down to Texas come Friday, which is why you guys need to make sure if you haven't already done so hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss any of this stuff. Well, before I let you get out of here, did you get to watch the Conor McGregor fight? Um, no, I started to, but I it went how I thought it was going to go. I just <laughs> he ever since that Mayweather fight, man, he ain't got it in him no more. Like I think he, I think he made the money he wanted to make. I think he's just trying to add to it. I don't think it's hard in it no more. I can respect that. On the flip side of that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, especially with a lot of Connor's act antics, that Connor does pro wrestling better than pro wrestling does pro wrestling. So, what are your thoughts on Mr. McGregor's uh, on Mr. McGregor's antics? A and B. Why do you think that a guy like him is resonating so much more with people than the guys who that's what they're supposed to be going out there to do is pull you in on the TV, and this guy's over here trying to build a fight. Why is it that MMA guys are getting over so much more than wrestling in the wrestling realm? Like, like for example, for, for Connor, he understands the business side of it. And uh, he knows the more the more eyes, the more buys you get, the more money he makes. It's more of a... Um, the individuality of the sport... Is way more evident in MMA than it is wrestling. The wrestling, uh, bigger promotions, even the smaller ones on the Indies or whatever, it's 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 so much, it's so much of a team effort that you can draw with one person, in my opinion. But at the same time, or whatever, so much has been exposed in wrestling to where people is like, ah, well, I could watch that or whatever. Where I could really go watch MMA and see somebody get killed or whatever. And actually it's like, I don't know, it's like a, it's, it's like a thin line between it. I personally, if he came to WWE, for example, I think they do tremendous numbers because he's a hell of a salesman. Um, it just depends on who you got selling the product and who you got talking for you and representing and promoting the product. See, I completely agree with that. And the reason I asked that question is because I think that all this has proved is that there's levels to that. So like we talked about Bow Wow earlier, right? 
you bring Bow Wow and put him in a ring right now with whoever you want. Name whatever name you want. Nobody gives a shit what he's going to do in the ring. Now, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor has that aura of legitimacy. Even if Conor McGregor was to go out there and let's say, okay, so they're rumoring a fight between him and Nate Diaz. And they're rumoring, you know, he's saying that he wants to fight Poirier again. Even if Conor was to go out and fight either one of them guys and get his ass whooped, I bet money that wrestling fans would still chomp at the bit to see that motherfucker on pay-per-view. So I'm what I'm getting at is like you're seeing the levels to somebody's popularity, whether somebody's a legitimate star or somebody's just a flash in the pan, because a Conor McGregor is living proof to me of what's missing in wrestling. You don't have enough big, like marquee, you know, stars. Um, before we let you get out, let you get out of here, man, you know, you've been doing some stuff with Paradigm Pro Wrestling. I know you got to do your thing and doing their UWFI rules match, which is essentially as close to MMA and pro wrestling as you're going to get. Tell me a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on those kind of matches and your time in Paradigm? And do you prefer that to your normal style pro wrestling match? Um, it's been it's been fun, man. Like um, I did I did those two uh, those two shows. Um, I, I'm going back. They, uh, they offered me a roster spot. I got I've earned my roster spot there, so I'll be back. Um, whenever we do shows, so. Oh, I didn't know what to expect getting into it, um, but actually doing it, it it's, it's fun as hell. Like, I like I, I like it, and actually going there and doing it, and then actually sitting back, watching every match, and saying, okay, okay, I could do this, or okay, I could have did this better. Like, it's a hell of an experience, man. I think it's awkward. I can go either way. Like whether it's a traditional wrestling match or the UWFI rules, I'm good either way. I uh, just wondered if that gave you any more like freedom to it than a regular wrestling match because I feel like it, there's less constraint in a UWFI rules match than you got in a wrestling match. Yeah, I just know I gotta either choke somebody out or knock them the fuck out. So <laughs> that's pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much sums it up, man. And I think, uh, Corey, I don't know about you, but I would say that's a pretty good place for us to cap it. Well, one more time for all those in the cheap seats and those who are maybe on the fence to buy that pay-per-view come this Friday. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you this Friday for Pele Pro Wrestling. And to your opponent, any last words for Gino Medina? Gino, hell of a guy, well, a hell of an uh, athlete. I'm looking forward to it. Um, this ain't about to be no walk in the park for you, homie. Um, I'm coming to, to earn a spot, not just there, but there's a lot of eyes that's going to be on this. I've been asking a lot of people for spots. I'm not asking no more. I'm coming to that bitch show. Y'all fucked up. Y'all should have came at me a long time ago. The price is going up. I'm not asking no more. I deserve to be here. I should have been here a long time ago. Like I've been saying at Paradigm, I run shit now. I run this bitch. Daddy's home. Pele Pro Wrestling Friday. Fight TV. Uh, live on pay-per-view. I'm going to be there. Not just me. My my, my brother, Myra Reed, going to be there. Psycho Clown. Sam, uh, Sam Adonis. Mike Bennett. This is a hell of a car. 
And knockouts and three counts. Yes, sir. <laughs> I already know we're going to be there. We're going to get it in, man. Yes, I don't know, man. I think Gino Medina's in for quite the fight. Corey, what do you think? I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more, man. Well, I don't know, man. I think uh, we've flapped our gums enough. But, hey, if you guys haven't already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button because this Thursday we're bringing you a two-piece this week. We got the young gun. We've had the fro gun. We've got the young gun. Chandler Hopkins is going to be coming on before his match with Mecha Wolf that is also going down live this Friday on pay-per-view on Fight TV in Arlington, Texas. And I don't know, man. I think we've summed it up. So until next time and in the in-between time, please fuck your couch. See you guys Friday. All right, Dave, we're